Hello and welcome to another episode of Challenge Your Environment. This is your host, Big Rich. And in this episode, I want to talk about the rioting, protesting, Black Lives Matter, and all of that. And the reason why I want to talk about that is because I'm pretty, you know, heavy on Facebook. And I see a lot of things on there. And one of the things that I continually get the same type of individual responding to is, I'm all for change, but we don't need rioting. You know, the destruction and so on and so forth. You know, first of all, let's get this clear. There was a small group of people that did that. Secondly, society is filled with opportunists. You're always going to have opportunists go out there and take the chance to steal, break, and change things. Second, thirdly, let's not forget, we have cops that are dirty cops that were out there being busted on camera, busting windows, and causing some of this stuff. There are several different factors involved in this. And, and to just blame one group, is to be very simple-minded. What I do want to address mainly is the protesting. The protesting is mandatory, necessary, and needed. And that's what this episode is going to be about. And, and I look at protesting as a form of desperation and inspiration. Um, you have a lot of people who are desperate, and they've tried everything from kneeling to having leaders from history all the way till now. This is not the first time this has happened. This is a repetitive thing in history of having leaders step up and and try to do something and they get killed, they get imprisoned, they get shut down, whatever. Black Lives Matter is a movement. You can't shut down a movement as easy as you can an individual. And that's what I want to talk about. So I went ahead and wrote out this. So it's going to sound a little scripted, but I wrote this because it's a personal experience for me working as a prison guard that helped me be able to explain this situation to people about desperation and being fed up. You know, and let's not forget about the Boston Tea Party and many other things where this culture has a lot of history of rioting and protesting and destruction. I mean, that's kind of what America is based on. So here's my story. Have you ever felt so hopeless that you wanted to crack your own skull open to be free from the place controlling you? Have you ever experienced complete and utter desperation? I have, but I was lucky enough to see what complete, utter desperation looked like long before I experienced it. So by the time I did experience it, I had all of the self-help tools needed to get myself through it. I had seen so many other guys get through it that I knew I could. And these guys, at one point in time, I considered less than me. Now. I consider a lot of them greater than me because they've accomplished and went through challenges I could never accomplish. I worked for Northern California's 18 to 25 year old repeat offenders institution. When I started working for the prison as a correctional officer, I was 22 years old. It's funny how we all think we know something until you experience it. I was one of them. I worked as a bouncer, security guard, and many other violent jobs, so I was comfortable with the harm to others or to myself. It's just part of the job, so I truly thought I understood prison. It was all about a part of the field. People fight, someone has to have the guts to break it up. But what's not natural to me is violent self-abuse. I specify violent self-abuse because a tattoo can be considered self-abuse. You have to damage yourself to create art. It was about six months after graduating my 16-week live-in academy when I was placed on my first mini first of many, many, many suicide watches. It was common for us to sit and watch someone for 8 to 16 hours. We call them one-on-one suicide watches. We give one-on-one attention and counseling. As a 22-year-old black guard, I listened to them, the hard heart. 
It took time to educate myself to the experiences I was having as a black man in a prison. All my life, I was raised with a religious veil over my eyes. See, as a black man, I not only had a father, I had a religious father that worked as a brick mason janitor and business owner who one day decided to start working in the same prison as myself. How can I relate to not only males that have no father figure, but black males with no father figures? How can I help anyone when I have no idea what they are going through? I figured I could listen and learn, and then maybe I can do something. At the time, I wanted to figure out how to stop blacks from committing crimes, even minor ones. That changed with age and time. That changed mainly when I learned about true desperation and how it can bring negative or positive inspirations. I listened to the reasons why the, why the inmates ended up not only in prison, but why some of them were now on suicide watch. While working the suicide watches, I learned early on that when someone is suicidal, you cannot stop them. They will find a way, so understand that your only job is to sit and listen. Do not give them advice unless it is asked of you, and when you give advice, be specific and keep it brief. It is not the time to become a preacher. This is their time. They obviously do not feel heard as it is. When I listened, I heard them repeat nothing. When I listened, I heard them repeat not having any control in life. To know that not only as a poor person with a record in America, but a poor black person means you are forever a criminal no matter what you do. You also now fit every TV stereotype. As the inmate on suicide reflects and calculates their future, he begins to feel the dark cloud close in around him, and that is when they snap. I personally experienced an inmate bash his head over and over into his window. I hit my alarm, radioed for an assistance, and told him he did not need to do this. He ignored me. His blood ran out between strikes covering his face. His head released so much blood so fast that I could hear a difference between smacks of the window. The sound was a thud with a squish sort of sound. It is a very hard sound to explain. Only moments had passed, but he, he was relentless. He smashed his head harder and harder. I pleaded with him to think about his family and his future. He stopped for a moment, dazed and confused, at this point and stared at me with his look of emptiness. A look of being completely out of steam. His suicide smock was absorbing lots of the blood, but now he was becoming very dizzy. I could see the damage to his head as he continued to bash as much as he could. Only two or three minutes had passed when my team arrived to help remove him and get him to the hospital for a medical evaluation. Per policy, I cannot rush in alone and do anything. I must wait until backup arrives with the proper blood clothing. Given the fact that I worked with inmates that have HIV and would set us up. Once this inmate was secure in the prison hospital, he attempted suicide again. The second he was in the shower, he tried to end it once again by drowning himself with the shower head. This inmate decided that the possibilities of being brain dead or dead was better than living without the possibility of true freedom. Another jumped off the cement slab head first trying to kill himself. He only paralyzed himself from the neck down. When asked why he tried to attempt suicide, he too had similar reasons. No hope for change. Prison was prison, either on the streets or in a prison. Now if you are wondering why black lives matter, maybe you did not hear the message being made. Desperation brings out inspiration, and not all inspiration is positive. Before Black Lives Matters, blacks had Paul Robeson from 1898, Marcus Garvey, John Lewis, 
Hank Aaron, Stokely Carmichael, Booker T. Washington, and then you have Cordella Bigsley's daughter of Jimmy Lee Jackson. She holds a photo of her slain father, Jimmy Lee Jackson, at the Perry County Courthouse if you look her up online. The photo is November 15, 2010. And let us not forget the peaceful Martin Luther King Jr., born 1929 and slain in 1968, and many more. Black Lives Matter is not a person that can be killed or easily marginalized. Black Lives Matter is a united voice speaking as one to not only its leaders and nation, but to the world. Black lives are desperate and tired of being justifiably slain by the same individuals sent to reduce or help with the in our communities, not increase them. America should lead the world in all lives matter, but it cannot until it recognizes its own black citizens' lives matter. This is Big Rich, the host of Challenge Your Environment. And as an American that just happens to be black, I support Black Lives Matter. Until next time, keep challenging your environment to be better for you and all of us.